Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey, everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast. And we are going to talk about all kinds of news coming about from the Kansas University of Kansas Athletic Department, everything KU, we're going to get into some hoops, we're going to talk football, we're going to talk about the new offensive coordinator added to the Kansas staff officially today, we're going to talk about the bowl game coming up, Kansas now knows where they're going, we're going to touch on the transfer portal, we're going to talk recruiting, there is a lot to get into. We're going to be joined by Bryson Hayes, one of the top recruits in the state of Kansas for 2025, who has been to KU several times at this point. But before we get into that, I'm, I'm not going to waste any more time. Let me go ahead and bring in my man on the men's basketball beat, my buddy Shea Wildeboer. Shea, how are you tonight? I'm good, man. Getting closer to that magical day on December 25th, buddy. I'm, I'm powering through. I, I really thought you were going to say that magical day this Saturday when the Jayhawks play host to Mizzou in Allen Fieldhouse. Right. Well, listen, there's, there'll be plenty to talk about. I was, we had a press, there was a press conference today, man. Uh, you get a feeling, Randy. Now, I was doing just going over some notes. The first two games back between the two, Kansas has won by combined 65 points. Oh, man. Just, right. just, you know, just I, let I, that kind of hang in there. I they the were air. blowouts, but I didn't remember the mag- – and I remember what Dewan said, and this is – I'm getting the air quotes. We got to beat them by a lot of points on Saturday, Dewan said. Oh, I love the sound the of that. The campers are everywhere, man. I'm just telling – there's a vibe in that place. Randy, if you're going to that game, get there early and buckle up. Oh, love it. Before we go, now, now we're just, I'm going to let you just stop there. Don't say anything Perfect. else, Shay. I'm just let that marinate and hang in the air. Go ahead and bring in my man on the football beat and the publisher at Jayhawk Slam, my buddy John Kirby. John, how are you doing? Randy, just watching the portal, you know, uh, we'll get into it later. Offensive coordinator news, there's always something, man. It feels like the news never stops. Hey, I, I heard Shay talking about he was up at uh, Allen Fieldhouse today and and the campers. The other night, my kid texted me or something and said, hey, I'm sure it was about money, right? I need money. <laughs> So, because that's what the only time yeah, I ever hear the on. only time I ever hear from my boys when they're at KU is is I need money. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what he, he texted me something. I said I got you. How's everything going? He goes, man, I'm dead tired. I'm like, why are you tired? He goes, oh, I, I was in line at 4:30 at Allen Fieldhouse <laughs> to start camping. You know so, what? Again, I know people have said it a few times, but that is just another example, John. You're raising them right. Well, that's right. so. So he was. Uh, I guess you know they got to get their group up there to camp. So he was the one to get it going. He said he was said he got up at like four, and he was at Allen Fieldhouse at like four thirty to to get in line oh, to camp. And so <laughs> I said, that's, "Hey, that's awesome." I said, "You're you're living at KU in good times." You know what? Think about this, guys. Of all the years we've covered Kansas sports and everything, I tell my boys 
man, you guys are at KU as students at a great time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. the sports are good. Everything's good. I mean, man, what, what we would have given sometimes to, to get to cover, you know, what they're getting to see. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is. These are, you know, this is this is like things have obviously been great with men's basketball for a long time. And, you know, we're in we're just in the third year with Lance Leipold and the 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 rocket ship that he has put this program on. But, man, these are this is like a golden era that feels like it's just beginning with with all the growth and the stadium project and the campus gateway and 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 the growth of, you know, all the, the renovations, the things that have gone on to improve and are going on to improve Allen Fieldhouse, the, you know, new soccer coach, the growth just of everything in the athletic department, additions to the campus, the university. I mean, it's it's a tremendous time. To be to be a Kansas fan, to be a KU student, man, I'm jealous of those kids. So they're living the life, man. They're living the life. No doubt. And not only that, they're living the life in most most of them, brand new dorms, brand new dorms. Right. I mean, seriously. It, it, on top of everything else, yeah, you don't have a communal bathroom anymore. You've actually got your own spot right there in your room. You don't have to deal with other people. It doesn't smell nearly as bad. Ugh, jealousy. I walked into a, a golf event this summer with. Uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the event. And you had Bill, you had Lance, and you had Travis Golf. Like three of some really good people. I was gonna say there's that's three dudes right there. Right. I mean, I'm talking about guys that listen. I've seen, I've met Lance once or twice. Remembers your name, Golf. Hey, we appreciate you guys doing it. Hey, Jayhawk Slant, we love you. I mean, it's just the whole environment up there, and like the guys and how they embrace people in the media. To, I mean, it's like people talk about wins and losses, and and those are obviously very important. But outside of that, it's how are you treated? How are you recognized? How are you welcomed? And those three, I mean, I've never, every time I go up there, I feel like I'm right at home. Hey, but I'll tell you this, before before you guys, I know you, Randy's probably going to shift to some basketball, but you know, Shea brought up golf. And, uh-huh. and I got to tell you something. I don't think Travis Goff gets the credit that he should. Right. Okay. I agree with you. I mean, I, I agree. Mean, he, he's got self to the lifetime deal. Listen, Lance Leipold, I'm not going to get into details, but Lance Leipold has had chances to go other places in the mm-hmm. last couple of years, and he is still at KU. And and I know they love the soccer coach they just hired, okay? Yes, they do. I mean, I, I talked to – I don't know a thing about soccer, but I talked to some soccer people here in the last 24 hours, and they said what that guy did at Xavier – with uh-huh. half the resources that he's going to have at KU was uh-huh. phenomenal. The women's right. golf program, the volleyball program. The people, track program where your son is. I hey, mean, come hey, on. Hey, let me tell you, that guy, Stanley Redwine, does a great job. Uh, the associate head coach, Tom Hayes, in that program. Mm-hmm. Those guys do a phenomenal job with that track program. I know people, I've talked to baseball people here in the area. They love the baseball coach. What I'm getting at is, you know, we, we talk about lifetime contracts for Bill Self, and I, and I got a feeling that they're probably looking at, you know, maybe reworking something for Leipold and, and, right. and the things that have gone on. But, you know, the one thing we never hear about is an extension or a new deal for Travis Goff. I mean, he came to KU, and he has done a lot of great things, okay? Mm-hmm. But he, mm-hmm. hasn't, he hasn't had an extension. He hasn't had a contract. He hasn't had new, new money put in front of him. And I'm thinking that he has earned that, and that's got to be something coming down the pike pretty quick. Absolutely. I, I, I am sure that Dr. Gerard has, has 
I'm sure that thought has crossed his mind lately. He's a, oh, it's had he's a, to he's, he's a stud. He's an absolute. He's a, he's he represents. He's everything that's right about the University of Kansas. He's a stud. Yeah. Absolutely. Now let's jump into basketball. We talked about all this other stuff, and I I'm so fired up. Shay, after is when you were just talking about the buildup and just the feeling in that building right now as we start to move towards Saturday. I I immediately my I flash back to the game against UConn and and seeing and hearing the noise and the just listening to their players describe it after the fact and their coaches be like we have never we've never played in an environment like that and thinking about that and and what it could be like this weekend I mean you know we saw what UConn did in North Carolina right. and and that looks like like that win even in that environment, which I don't know anybody that was going to win in that environment besides the Jayhawks. Still, though, that that win just looks like it's getting even bigger already. What did you see against UConn in that yeah. game other than maybe the most electric atmosphere that has ever transpired in that building since Thomas Robinson beat Missouri? Ooh. Uh, ooh, what did what were your thoughts on this game? What did you see, Shay? Yeah, you know, I think Randy, when you when you do something for 21, 22 years, you begin maybe not necessarily to take it for granted, but you kind of begin to get in this kind of um, routine yeah. where things just always work out a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you know, there are times when you're in a game and it's just it's kind of what you expect, and you don't um, you don't see it for really what it is. Yep. That game against UConn was different. I mean, they had now in the introductions, they turn the lights off. You got the crimson and blue, like light LEDs all LEDs. the way around. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I thought Kansas responded in a manner in which I wasn't sure they could. You know, they came out and they punched UConn. They were up by 12 with four minutes, four and a half, I think, minutes to go, right? And mm-hmm. and, and this is a concerning thing, but and it's something I'm interested to see down. They had a chance to really make that a 14 or 15 point game. Except for UConn kept hitting shots at the end of the shot clock. Right. That right. were just like self said because we weren't closing out possessions and they were just they were unconscious from deep. Right. And so you're up ten with a chance to go up, turn the ball over, I believe. UConn hits a three, and all of a sudden you're up seven mm-hmm. at the half. You you kind of lose some of that that energy, some of that um flow of what you had going into the halftime. You come out the second half. You know, you're trading baskets, trading baskets, trading baskets, leads kind of flipping back and forth. All of a sudden, you're down by five. I believe five or six, five. And I'm thinking to myself, now, Randy, here's, like, it's kind of, like, I was thinking about this today. Like, back when the Chiefs kind of started with Mahomes, and I look at it now, there was times during seasons when you say to yourself, well, who's going to make plays? And then Uh you look back, and they had, like, Tyreek Hill. They had Demarcus Robinson. and They had McCole Hartman when when he was kind of doing his things. And you look back, and you say it to you now, boy, it was silly to think that. Yes. And like I remember like in 2000 when they won the national championship uh, that season I was thinking to myself, you know, who's going to make plays? Looking back at it now, well you know who's going to make it. I mean, mm-hmm. at, but at the time you don't. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, who, who who's going to be the guy? You're down 5, Allen Fieldhouse, you've got a top 4 opponent in the building. Who's going to make the plays? The crowd's live, you've got everything you need, time on the clock, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. By God, Kevin McCullough steps up and hits back-to-back threes. You have Hunter Dickinson hitting some big shots. You have Hunter KJ Dickinson Adams was hit, dude. Right, KJ Adams, the next day, and, and I – Watching you know, I KJ Adams grow emotional. into what he is now right, is amazing. Right, right, because, you know, I lost my dad to cancer in 2021 mm-hmm. and thinking to myself, there's no way I could have gone out and done that. Mm-mm. 
No way. And I remember asked, after the game, ask him, you know, K, I, I, I can't remember the exact wording, you know, KJ, how much of what you're going through has transpired you to do what you did tonight? After, I mean, uh -huh. I, you know, I, I'm leaving for Texas tomorrow to lay my mom to rest. Mm -hmm. Right. And what he did, and the thing, and people talk about the rebound, you guys, KJ Adams right now is who KJ Adams is. That, that's I mean, you can talk about rebounding and you can talk about free throws, which have improved greatly. I don't care. And this might be a, a sound a little crazy, but this is how loyal Bill Self is. You can get the top power forward in America on your roster tomorrow and K.J. Adams is starting. That's the bottom line. I think Kansas fans need to realize he is who he is. He is. And Dewan Harris is who he is. I, and this is people are going to laugh at me and they're going to say I'm crazy. You bring the top point guard in America into Kansas tomorrow. Dewan Harris is starting. Because that's Bill's guy. That's that's just how they have paid their dues and they right. have earned the opportunity. And more than that, they're not just guys that have hung around long enough. No, they have delivered consistently. Right. 18.7 rebounds, two assists, two blocks, 24 hours before he lays his mom's arrest. I guess the top four team in college basketball in, I think, 38 minutes. They played all but two minutes of the game. Big time. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin McCullough, a guy that couldn't hit shots last year, you know, a guy that at times just looked not necessarily lost, but just looked like he was forcing things and, you know, put up shots after shots after shots, 21 points, 6 to 10 from the th field, 3 or 4 from behind the arc. You it's, know, it's amazing. The, the, the best transfer in college basketball, without a doubt, mm -hmm. 15 points, 9 rebounds, 4 blocks in 37 minutes. You know, Shay, and and. There's so obviously there's a ton. To, there's so much amazing stuff that happened that game. But at the same right. time, I mean, looking ahead, there's I don't even need to get into how big this game is for Kansas fans, for Jayhawk Nation. Uh, are you looking forward to being in Allen Fieldhouse for this one? Can't wait when the Jayhawks yeah, reconnect listen, with the University and, and of Missouri. You have to go back and look. And I'm gonna encourage you because John knows John's known him longer probably than anybody. There was a tweet by Gabe DeArmond. I don't think they have Twitter anymore. They just have Power Mizzou. When it was <laughs> announced that Thomas Robinson was coming back, I think Gabe sent me a tweet, or someone sent me a tweet where Gabe put, how fitting is this? And that and that's uh -huh. absolute, man, that, listen. The coach told us today, we had a, with the media, that there wasn't really a set of dates, or they, you know, they didn't go to Robinson and say, hey, we can do this, this. They basically said, hey, we're going to bring you back on the, the Missouri game. How does that work? Robinson was all in. Oh, now, yeah. if you remember that performance, KU's, I believe KU's down 19 points to Missouri in the last time they put, played each other's Big 12 foes. 19 points with and about 16 minutes that's when Thomas Robinson left. went to work. Work. Went to work. Yeah. And you don't think he's going to – and I even asked Bill today. I said, hey, are you going to have somebody talking to the team? Because, you know, always. A lot of these guys don't know what this rivalry really means. Mm -mm. People call it the border showdown. Or, listen, it's not the high V border. It's the border war. Yep, that's it. And he said, and, and he said, hey Shay, you know that Thomas is coming back, right? Kind of, and laughed at me, basically saying, yeah, Thomas will have him ready. So yeah, I, I listen, Randy, and I said this on the board. I said it in the story, and I and I don't mean this against anything. They've won the first two games by sixty-five points, and I'm not sure that Saturday will be any different. I I would give, you know, I'm I'm a football guy, and, and right. I love I love this program. I would give anything. To be in that locker room, to hear right. when Thomas Robinson takes when when they give him the floor, because it, it it there is I don't know if there has been a player in the last twenty five years that was as blood and guts right and absolute 
just steel and barbed wire right. as Tom, right. Thomas right. Robinson was. He changed the way that Kansas fans thought about themselves and thought about this program with three letters. FOE became a mantra that people in this fan base have recited. There are kids that say it now and they don't really know why. They right. know it's a thing. They know it's a thing that that matters to Kansas fans, but they did not understand where it came from. His story is, I mean, and and to have that back, I guarantee the thunder that is that that will ring in that building on Saturday when it'll he be they, it'll be like nothing else. I mean, and you know, hey, let's let's talk about this. Let's let's turn in this direction. You know, obviously we are getting to the thick of the season, but recruiting is always a topic. What? kind of impression who's going to be there and what kind of an impression is this crowd in this game going to make in those kids that that are going to come in and say maybe this is where i need to be yeah i dropped this on the board a little bit ago first of all you guys the, the, for the longest you know coach has talked about for the longest time you know bringing in another guy possibly from overseas there was a there was an event. And you've been today. teasing this one for a while. You've been saying, "Hey, there might be there's maybe somebody coming mid year." You've been saying that for right. a while, Shay. Well, there was there was an event in Kansas City this morning where he talked to some fans. I'm not sure that's happening. Um, you know, obviously it would have to be overseas. But I got a, a word today that they're bringing in five star um, small forward Bryson Tiller from Athlete uh, Overtime Elite. Mm-hmm. He'll be here this weekend. Um, coming in Friday, five star number six player in America. Can score it, can stretch it, um, you know. And of course, the first thing the fans ask, "Hey, can he reclassify?" You know, you know, I I, I don't know where that stands <laughs> at this. Right, Randy's laughing. You know, listen. Okay, yeah. So yeah, so Bryson Tiller will be in town, and, and you couldn't have picked a better get. Listen, you guys, when I talk about the fans that were there already this morning, uh, this afternoon, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time, and I should, probably shouldn't say this, that I was this excited for a home basketball game. I mean, I mean, you're going to have former players. You're going to have, um, you know, former players with kids. Kids are going to get to see where dad played growing up, see the locker room where it all happened, going to see the coaching staff it happened with. Jersey's going to be hung. And, and Randy, you, you brought up a good – listen, we talk about KG Adams and his story. I would suggest any Kansas fan that, that might be a little bit on the young side, mm-hmm. Google Thomas Robinson and read about that dude's story. Is Thomas Robinson's little sister coming with him? That We, we were not ta- – I, I know he's – Listen, I know the plan is we we hope to get to talk with him before. And the thing I heard, I believe, was his wife and his his child. Oh, wow. all, yeah. So, I mean, if you can That's bring awesome. up, and I believe and Randy, I, I don't want to I don't want to be quoted, I, but I believe he has a son. That'd be awesome. And if that I, listen, listen. Yeah, I remember. The, and this is a, this is completely different. But I can remember the first time I brought Kemper to Allen Fieldhouse as a, just as a right. I mean, you know, imagine mm-hmm. being a former player. Dad's getting jersey hung. And you're going to be there, and you're going to see where it all started. That's and awesome. Can, yeah, and, and nobody. I don't think you know when he, when 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 he went through all that, and the Kansas fan base rallied. I mean, that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was so. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it was I'm, special, is what that was. Right. That right. doesn't happen everywhere, and even in Kansas, that is a unique. That that was that was special. I cannot wait to see what it's going to be like on Saturday. Right. And I can hear Kemper upstairs, kind of whispering, "Dad, can you get me tickets?" <laughs> camper you're not you're not you know you're not eight or nine anymore those days so uh, man i'm i'm excited you know i the, i thought i wasn't sure what would happen after the after the marquette loss rebounded a beat and here's the thing Randy. before i get the kansas has to learn how to close these games out mm-hmm. eastern illinois should have never been as close as it was 
And, you know, had it not been for the last four minutes of the Kansas City game, it wouldn't have you, that you're going to leave that game with a bad taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. The wasted possessions, the careless possessions, the missed layups, the free throws, just the and, and turnovers don't bother me. They shouldn't bother anybody. But when they're just just careless, what am I doing? Turnovers, passing the ball five feet over his head or just, you know, watching it f- f- fall off your leg or whatever the case may be. So get some things cleaned up. Um you know, and Hunter, Hunter, and you know, I love Hunter. He's got to cool it a little bit. You know, the, the pushing the kid. I mean, if you can tighten some things up, figure out what you're going to do with your bench. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see if if Furphy um, eventually replaces El Marco in the starting lineup. Um, you know, but I think when this once this team gets clicking, everything comes together. I mean, they're gonna, you know, they have a chance to be as good as any team in college basketball. And we're saying that again for like the 21st year. That's our man Shea Wildeborn, the men's basketball beat Shea. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And now I'm going to whisper to you, can you give me tickets for Saturday? Yeah, buddy. Hey, you guys have a good (laughs) night, man. Uh, I'll be talking with you guys again soon. All right, Shay. Take care, man. Hi, buddy. That's our buddy Shay Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Cannot. Oh, you guys can feel it. I, I cannot wait for Saturday. That said, it is time to shift gears and talk Kansas Jayhawk football with my man, John Kirby. John, it, it, it. it's like you said earlier, what a great time to be a Kansas fan. And, and you know, I've, I had to kind of switch my my questions up for you because I didn't know how much coming in, you know, coming into the last couple of days, I wasn't sure if we would have any news about the offensive coordinator. But it would appear we have an answer as of today. What can you tell us? Yeah, they, um, you know, Randy, I had just posted this today. Lance Leipold was not in a hurry. Okay. And and he gets his guy what I would still consider a little bit early, but he was not in a hurry at all. And I had heard some things late last night and into today that he had some pretty good candidates on the line. And the guy that he got is really good in Jeff Grimes. To me, this is like a perfect fit. There were, like I said, there were some other quality names in the mix. I don't think you could have scripted this any any better. And and, and let me tell you why I say this. I think that I think that Grimes was a scapegoat at Baylor, okay? Listen, mm-hmm. in 2021, this guy was the offensive coordinator of the year by football scoop, all right? And then he gets run out of Baylor because Baylor decides to hold on to Aranda as the head coach, but they tell him you got to make coaching changes, okay? Mm-hmm. And they give him the whole, hey, we're going to give you NIL money to keep all your young kids in the program, but you got to make coaching changes. we gotta, we got to show the alumni something, that we're, we're doing something. So he gets rid of Jeff Grimes, all right, who has done some great things there, uh, a g- great fit because the last three years there, he's coached the tight ends, all right? He's been to places like LSU, Auburn, Virginia Tech, he knows the Big 12 by being in it the last few years. I've heard he's a great person. I've heard his players like him. And, man, you take him as a tight ends coach and you put him with Scott Fuchs, I'm telling you, you got some brain power up front coaching those offensive linemen and the tight ends. And maybe the, the best thing of this all is he knows the wide zone blocking scheme which is what KU uses now. So to me, it's like the perfect fit. It's almost like the football gods were looking over Lance Leipold, and this guy is sitting here available, which I think is going to be a great fit. So, man, when you talk about who Lance Leipold could have got, and, and, and I will say this, 
when I put my names out of people to watch, I said if if Lance Leipold goes outside the program, he was the first name that I had listed on the board. So I thought highly of this guy from the beginning, and any KU fan out there should be very happy with this hire. Let's move on to the next order of business and and talk about the season finale. Jayhawks have another bowl game, this time against UNLV. Give me your take on the matchup with the Rebels, Barry Odom's squad, the selection of the, the guaranteed rate bowl, and, and, and any third early thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, and I know you and I have talked. We're going to do a couple more podcasts before the bowl game, and we'll have some people on to talk. But I've been talking to people who cover UNLV. And, and you know, the more I get into this, it's kind of an intriguing matchup. For, first of all, for me, I've known Barry Odom for 20 years. Um, he did his press conference the other day with Leipold, and when I asked a question, he kind of joked that to the to the guy doing the, the Zoom call that he's known me for a long time. And I like Barry. I think he's a good football coach. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you this, Randy, and I know when you look at the bowl games and you look up and down the Vegas lines, I think this is one of the biggest lines in all the bowl games. But KU is going to have to show up and play, all right? I mean, UNLV is close to home. Whatever fan base they have will be there, okay? They'll have Mm -hmm. their fans there. And these kids are going to be jazzed up to play in a bowl game. This is the first bowl game they've had in a long time, all right? They do some nice things offensively. Early on in the year, they really relied on the running, running game. They got three running backs who are all pretty good. And their quarterback, Jaden Maeva, he was the freshman quarterback of the year by some of the services coming out right now. Teams started crowding the line on him, and the passing game got better. He's not really a scrambler, but they can do some things offensively. This this could be the best special teams unit KU's faced all year. They've got a Lou Groza, a kicker who's up for the Lou Groza Award. They've got a punter who's top 10 in the country. They've got a real good return guy. Defensively, they pay that. Three three five, so that's a good thing for the Jayhawks because I mean we've been talking all year. I think KU's seen the three three five about every other week this season, so that's it. Sure feels like that. Yeah, yeah. so that's one good thing is that they're going to play a defensive scheme that the Jayhawks have seen. So you know, in terms of just the intangibles that I look at, you you hope the kids get up right. I mean, this is a bowl game; is over Christmas. All right. And, you know, guys won't be with their families, and they're playing UNLV. Okay, this bowl game was supposed to be a Big 12 team against a Big 10 team. So, you know, if this would have been Rutgers or Northwestern or Minnesota, I think it might have a little bit more spark to the game, okay? But the players are going to have to get up because UNLV is going to be excited. And then, on the other side, you're you're just not going to see the Kansas fans travel to this game. Okay, you're not going to see the fan base put the people in the stadium like they did the Liberty Bowl. That was a, depending where you are in the state, you know, that was a drivable game. It was affordable for people to get there. Going to Phoenix is going to be a tougher challenge. I know I've got people that I know who are KU football fanatics that have told me, man, I just can't get there. You know, they said, hey, it's an expensive ticket, or I've got family there and I can't get out on Christmas day or the morning after Christmas. So, you know, you're not going to see quite the Kansas crowd that you saw at that Liberty bowl. So th- the big thing here is for me, KU is the better football team. All right. And I think they match up pretty well against UNLV, but I, 
But one thing I've said, and I've just said it a couple times, UNLV is going to come to play. So we'll definitely get more into that game as we do a couple more of these podcasts. You know, before we get into some recruiting questions, we're excited to bring on special guest who is likely to be the number one wide receiver in the 2025 class in the state of Kansas, Bryson Hayes. Bryson joins John about and talks about taking several visits to KU so far and how everything has gone to this point with his recruitment. Our guest this week is Bryson Hayes, who is going to be one of the top prospects in the state for the 2025 class. In my opinion, he will be the best receiver in the state in 2025. From Mays, Kansas, Bryson, how you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for joining us on the show. Yes, sir. Yep. All right, so I got to ask you, I know you and I have communicated several times in recent months. You've been to Kansas several times, met with the staff yes, and everything. Sir. Just what's your impression of being around the program and the staff? Oh, yeah, the staff is great. You know, I've definitely built such a great relationship with, you know, each and every coach there. I mean, you know, every game day I'd get multiple texts from pretty much every coach on the staff. And then every time I go up there, I just feel like I grow closer and closer. You know, in this day and age, so much is done electronically, whether it's text or even doing some FaceTimes and things like that. But as many times as you've been to KU, how much does that help for you to get in front of those guys and talk to them? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a, a big difference maker when you, when you can actually, you know, sit down and have a full-on conversation with, you know, one, your position position coach, or, you know, two, even the head coach. I mean, it, it definitely makes a tremendous difference. All right. I know Kansas has been recruiting you hard, and, and when you talk about position coach, I was going to ask you, just tell me about Terry Samuel. What How have you gotten to know him, and what have you learned from him? Yeah, he's a he's a very great guy. I met him the first time at a um, last spring, went on a visit, and then uh, reunited with him back in camp. And um, you know, ever since uh, camp, I've um, in August first, I've definitely um, our relationship has grown tremendously. Um, you know, we've uh, he's met my whole family. Of actually, so I have uh, two separate families. My parents are divorced, and um, you know, they've each been up there. I think two times each. And I'll also be back up this weekend. So, you know, there's there's nothing to hide. You know, we, we, we definitely know a lot from each other. All right, so you're you're gonna be back in Lawrence, obviously a big basketball game against Missouri. Just yeah. talk about you know, just talk about your what you're looking forward to being back around the staff and seeing the program again. Yeah, um I'm excited. I haven't been up um since, you know, they played K State. Um I'm excited to get around the coaches again. Excited to talk to Leipold and um, see some other recruits there, you know, some other recruits that uh, might be committed or um, will commit soon. So that'll be good. You know, Bryson, I know you've got, you know, other schools recruiting you and things like that. Well, what is your timeline? I mean, what, do, do you have a, something set in your mind where you said, this is when I'd like to make a decision? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously I don't want to rush the process at all. Um, I want to take it all in and make sure I'm making the right choice for myself and my family, but... Um, I definitely didn't want to wait too long. I was thinking probably sometime before the summer. Um, I feel like that that was a good time for me, especially since uh, my junior season's over. Sure, sure. And as you get into this and you're starting to narrow down schools and that time gets closer, maybe after the first of the year, I mean, what are the factors that you're looking at? What's important for you when you choose a school? 
Yeah, I mean, one of my main things is, you know, have a um, – I obviously want to have, you know, good coaching around me to make me a better football player, but I also uh, want to be uh, around a coaching staff that's going to develop me and make me a better human being for my life, even after football. And that's really big for me. All right, I know you and I have talked in the summer, and I know there were a couple times where I reached out, and you're like, hey, I'm in Houston playing baseball, or you're doing something. Tell me about yes, baseball. Sir. You know, is baseball a, a, a big sport for you still? Um, yeah, so baseball, you know, it was huge for me growing up. It was one of the, four, the first sports I ever played. And um, I, I'd say through my whole life, it was definitely one of my favorite sports. But um, then once football started hitting off, uh, it definitely slowed down. And this summer was uh, – a I decided it was going to be my last time playing baseball. So it was sad, but um, all good things that have come to an end. Well, your parents are probably happy because you, they're gonna, you're going to save them some money, right? <laughs> exactly. There was a lot of traveling put into baseball. <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff. That was That's Bryson Hayes. He's going to be one of the key visitors in Lawrence this weekend, and he's been up several times. Bryson, thank you very much for joining us. Yep, thank you. That was Bryson Hayes. You know, the staff has done a good job recruiting a guy that, like you said, could be one of the best wide receivers in the state of Kansas for 2025. Kirby, how big would it be for KU to be able to steal this kid? Well, it'd be huge. I mean, think about it, right? He played at Mays. He was on the passing, several passing ins with Avery Johnson. I think a lot of people just thought that he would be a Kansas State lock. I mean, I know mm-hmm. I know. some people told me when I bring his name up, oh, he's going to K-State. And you know what? He may end up at K-State. But I can tell you this, KU, Nebraska, I mean, they're pushing hard. I mean, they're in the hunt. I mean, this is not going to be a layup. I mean, the Kansas coaches have given him a lot to think about. And like he just said, he's going to be at the Missouri game again. I mean, he's made several trips to KU, so you know he's serious about him. And I like him a lot. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good athlete. Uh, You heard there he's going to give up baseball. That'll give more focus of his time to football. So, hey, this is a recruit. I think the Jayhawks are in it with him. You know, let's we've talked a little bit about recruiting with high school kids. Let's let's touch on the transfer portal, because as everyone has talked about, the world just went crazy when the portal opened over a thousand kids in there the first day quarterbacks from everywhere. I mean, this is this is the second season that we've seen this, and it is absolutely berserk. John, what's the latest in regards to things that are happening in the transfer portal that could affect the Kansas Jayhawks? Well, Randy, like you said, it's been crazy, but for the Jayhawks, it's been pretty slow. And I know people on our site love news. They want news. They want scoop. They want to see what the latest is, right? They're, They're tuned in all day to see what could happen. The great news here is, is that hardly nothing's happened. All right. I I know that's not always what people want to see or hear, but sometimes having no news is good news. Is good news. Yeah. And, And the fact that there has been very little movement for the Jayhawks in the portal to this point is really good because number one, that means current players are sticking with the program and they aren't going in the portal. So that is a good sign because that was the number one thing going into the offseason. Throw the portal out the window. The key for KU was retention and keeping the players that they have in the program. And I'm just telling you right now, 
that is still a concern. They've dodged the bullet so far, but I can tell you what's going on around college football right now. Okay. We've had this since this time that the season ended. You have college staffs, you have people working, and maybe not exactly the college staffs, but you have the NIL collectives and you have meetings going on and you have players saying, What's my NIL look like next year? What's it look like starting when I get back in January after the bowl game? Okay, this is going on everywhere. And players are getting an idea what their new NIL deal will be. Okay, and then the common thing that's going on now is they start shopping those numbers. Okay, so let's say, and I'm just throwing out a figure. Let's say some guy's told you get 50 grand. We've got an NIL package for you that's going to pay you 50 grand next year. Well, now this guy goes out, maybe works with a connection he's got or somebody, and he's out there saying, hey, if, if they want to leave or if they think they can do better, they're finding out, can someone beat that price? Can you? There's so many games going on, Randy, right now. So I am the Jayhawks are not on easy street yet, but to the we're doing this podcast on late Thursday evening. The fact that they have not been hit hard or lost any key players, and I, I don't mean to demean Will Huggins at all, but I'm talking guys that are starters that, mm-hmm. that would be attractive to other programs, is a great sign. So you still got some time here, and then you got the bowl game. And then after the bowl game, we're going to see another mad rush because I believe the portal closes the second or the third. They moved it up. They aren't letting kids have through the middle of January anymore. It's it's like the January 2nd, I think, it closes. So we're going to see a bunch of kids enter after the bowl game. So, you know, hey, the Kansas coaches are taking it very slow. You're not seeing a lot of offers out there. Just as we started the podcast tonight, I saw Ontario Thompson uh, reported a Kansas offer. He's a defensive tackle at Iowa. He was at Iowa Western. And he chose Iowa over KU. I always felt KU was number two. So, yeah. so Ontario Thompson, just as we started this podcast, I sent him a message. Hold on. Let me see if he's... Uh... No. I, I'm trying to look here. No, he hasn't got back to me yet. But anyways, I reached out to him just to uh, touch base because I haven't talked to him since he went to Iowa. So... um Top another target, uh, Deshaun Hanika, who is a tight end from Iowa State. Great, great frame, 6'6", 245. He went to Butler County, then he went to Iowa State. I, I know KU's done their homework on him. I know he was one of the players in that gambling deal that went on, but I, uh-huh. I know that he's been cleared by the Big 12. He's been cleared by the NCAA. He is good to go. He's clean. I know Rob, Rob Ionello did a in-home visit with him this week, offered him a scholarship. I think he really likes Kansas, but he's starting to get a lot of play. So last night, KU extended an offer to Nate Matlack, who, as we all know, went into the portal from Kansas State, played at a late the the East. East kid, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. You know, Matlack could be a tough one. I mean, you know, he mom and dad went to Kansas State, his, his younger brother, um, is it is it Kansas State now? So you know, I don't know. You know, leaving well, Kansas he committed to K State early too. Well, like, that, I mean, he was excited about that. One. It, it may. Hey, this may be one of those things where family ties make it tough for him to go to KU. I don't know. We'll see. But 
you know, Randy, the, the main areas of focus right now are tight end, uh, defensive line, offensive line, and linebacker. They are not looking to overhaul the roster. They're just not going to have the spots for that. But those are the positions I'm following right now. You know, the last couple of years, we've seen like double-digit transfers. That is not mm-hmm. going to happen this year. Well, I should say, everybody better hope it doesn't happen this year. Be- Good. There you go. Because if there's double-digit transfers, I'm just telling you, the Jayhawks lost some key players that they did not want to lose. So let's just hope that this portal season ends up a nice, calm, little fun thing to follow, and it doesn't get very out of hand. What should we be watching for going forward over the next several weeks in recruiting? And and are there any any potential visitors over the next few weeks? Anybody coming in for the KUMU game this Saturday? Well, yeah. I mean, after this weekend... Things start. I think things go dead after next week. So I mean, things will slow down in terms of visits. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I know they would like to get a few portal guys in to visit. I don't know that that's going to happen right now. So uh, I've got to wait and see if I can talk to Artario and see what goes on there, and and, and I got to see what happens with, with a couple other things I'm following. I'll keep everybody up to date on that, but. <laughs> On the weekend visits, you know, Bryson Hayes, we just talked to him. He'll be in for the Missouri game. Brock Heath, offensive lineman from Blue Valley Northwest, will be in. Malachi, is Babalolo coming with him? No, he is not. I do, I, well, I have not confirmed Babalolo yet, so I, I will do that, but I don't think he is planning to be there. A cu- couple I, uh, athletes from Iowa, Malachi Kirby, I wrote a story on him a couple weeks ago, and then uh-huh. Mason Woods from Iowa City. Now, Mason Woods is going to be a tough get. I know a lot of people are projecting him to Iowa. And then Eli Johnson, he was down for the Kansas State game. He's coming back for the Missouri game. He's a tight end. They really liked a lot out of Wisconsin. And then Dawson Merritt, the athletic linebacker out of Blue Valley, he uh, he DM'd me earlier in the day and said he will be at the Missouri game. So not a bad little list of visitors there for the Missouri game. Not at all. Not at all. That is the final word, and that will do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We heard from our man Shea Wildeboer recapping the win over UConn, previewing the matchup with Mizzou this Saturday, talking about some recruiting and a little bit of everything else. Then Kirby and I dug into football recruiting. We talked about the new offensive coordinator, Coach Grimes, on his way to Lawrence. We talked transfer portal. We previewed high school recruiting. Gave you, really, a state of the state of Jayhawk Nation as we gear up for the border war this Saturday. For our man, Shea Wildeboer. For my man, John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon. This has been a podcast from jhawkslam.com.